to the Sega Lounge Summer Series 2021. We're on break over here at the lounge, we've got chairs everywhere, not much to drink, but it's summer and I didn't want to leave you guys without any kind of lounge content, so I've invited a few friends from all corners of the Sega community to record bite-sized episodes of our 2021 Summer Series dedicated to the best Sega summer games. Well, not just Sega per se, but games on Sega consoles are fine too. And when I say best, I mean their favorites. And when I say summer, well, that depends on your perspective. But the point is, all summer long you'll get weekly suggestions of games you can and should play, whether it's on your retro consoles or modern systems, or even with emulators. I hope you enjoy this. Remember to follow the Sega Lounge on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. And now, without further ado, here is this week's Summer Game. Hey everybody. Hey Casey. Thanks for letting me join and participate in this. I hope you're enjoying your time off. Uh, my name is Brian. Um, I'm from the Saturn Junkyard. I host the Titancast podcast. Um, I also do a number of things on the Dreamcast Junkyard um, and around the Sega community. I've uh, been brought here today to talk about a summer Sega game of some sort, and I think I know just the one. Um, I've actually been playing a lot of Beach Spikers lately. It was a, a Sega AM2 developed beach volleyball game uh, released for arcades and GameCube. So yeah, I um, am going to actually share a few words that I had written. Um, this is more or less adapted from a blog post that I uh, recently posted on my personal blog, uh, called thevirtuaplanet.com. Um, so yeah, uh, hope you enjoy, and here we go. Right about now, I'm a sucker for two things. The carefree bliss of summer, that one's pretty good, and the festive beacon of sportsmanship and competitive spirit that is the Olympic Games. Of course, uh, reality often shatters those idyllic comforts. Depending on where you live, summer often means suffering with hospitable heat or oppressive humidity, or some combination of both. Um, in my case, it means choking on wildfire smoke for a couple of months while holed up in a stuffy, non-air-conditioned apartment. It kind of f***ing sucks. So, as I record this, the 2020 uh, games... <laughs> 2020. Uh, okay, I'm just going to use air quotes for that, but... Whatever. 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games, um, they just kicked off. Uh, we had the uh, opening ceremonies this morning. I was sleeping. Um, I may catch some of the highlights later. I don't know. But anyway, the Olympic Games are happening, um, and I still find them pretty good fun to watch. Um, I've always found, uh, especially the court events like water polo and beach volleyball, um, those have been some of my favorites. Uh, and when the legendary volleyball duo um, Misty May Trainer and Carrie Walsh Jennings uh, dominated the sands as well as the the medal podium uh, back in the 
uh, I don't know, it was like the early to mid aughts or late aughts, the whole 2000s. I, th- I think they, uh, I think they placed gold in like three consecutive Olympics. Anyway, that was a pretty inspiring feat, and I loved watching it. However, it's kind of a bummer um, that the spirit of the games are so often diluted by overproduced television broadcasts, which often play out like uh, emotionally manipulative infomercials or jingoistic highlight reels. Uh, There's also the bribery deals, the state-sponsored doping, um, and of course the social and economic havoc that's wreaked on the few cities that are still willing to host the games. Um, I can't remember what city is hosting the uh, 2032, but they just announced that, and I think they were the only city to actually bid, um, which either goes to show how corrupt the process is, or more likely, I think more and more cities just don't really see a a point in it. They're not really getting much for the return. And certainly as we see with people protesting in Tokyo right now, um, and just the general discontent among Tokyo citizens that they moved forward with running the Olympics at all in Tokyo uh, is, yeah, I think it just goes to show how how little demand there is, at least among the broader populace, uh, for these games to actually happen. And not only that, but these challenges are nothing new. Um, in fact, a lot of this corruption and these scandals go all the way back to uh, ancient times. I think 67 AD is when uh, the Roman Emperor Nero, um, what was his full name? Uh, oh, here it is. Yeah, Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Um, this dude was wild. Uh, <laughs> he apparently bribed his way into a chariot race um, that he wasn't at all qualified to compete in. Um, He lost, of course, and he nearly died when his chariot just crashed during the thing. And he declared himself the winner anyway. He was, I think it was on the grounds that, well, he, I would have won if I didn't crash, which is just like, oh, okay, well, I would have been rich if I wasn't poor. I don't know. That's also to say nothing of the murder plots he faced uh, back from the Italian citizens back home. Um, They were not happy with him, and I think this kind of put it over the top, but the dude has a whole history of just wild s***. He he is not a very beloved figure in in Italian history, as far as I know. Maybe he is. Maybe, Maybe there's like a comical relief value to it. I don't, I didn't know the guy is a little before my time. Anywho, um, my whole point with all of that rambling um, is to say that uh, while both the summer as a season and the Summer Olympics um, often disappoint in their own ways, at least I can count on video games to pick up the slack. Um, And to that end, I've been playing a ton of summer sports video games lately, um, including classic button mashers like Decathlete, and Winter Heat, actually I guess Winter Heat isn't a summer game, but you know, same same vein. Uh, Olympic Games, to- Tokyo 2020, um, the, the Sega one. Um, what else have I been playing? Um, oh, a couple of the ones on Dreamcast. Uh, Virtua Athlete 2000. I've been playing uh, ESPN International Track and Field from Konami. And then, um, God, what's the third one? Oh, it's the officially licensed one, um, Sydney 2000. So we're actually going to talk about those three games for um, a book club that we'll be recording later this week uh, on the Dreamcast Junkyard. So um, feel free to check that out if you'd like. Um, And 
wow, this is just a, a tangent after tangent because um, I'm not really here to talk about any of those games. I am here to talk about um, the game that's really got me into the spirit of summer sports and Sega summer vibes. Uh, and that is, of course, 2002's Beach Spikers. And for those who may not be familiar with it, uh, Beach Spikers, I think its full name was like Beach Spikers colon Virtua Beach Volleyball or something like that. Uh, it's very much in that lineage. Um, it was originally developed uh, as an arcade title by AM2. Um, so just the classic Sega Studio AM2. Um, I think this was after Yu Suzuki's time uh, there. So um, I do not believe he was formally involved um, in this project, um, but it originally came out on Sega Naomi 2 hardware. Um, and I guess as a game, it, it kind of distills the concepts and iconography of summer beach volleyball um, into a, a simplified and instantly gratifying virtual experience. Um, in a lot of ways, it exists in a similar vein as Hitmaker's uh, Virtua Tennis series. Um, and, uh, you know, I play this game even though it's a completely different sport the the flow and just the simplicity has like a two button layout it's it's really not very complicated uh or that it just feels very similar to um to the virtua tennis games and comparatively i would say uh beach spikers is more niche um it only came out on gamecube and i think it was just this game. I don't think they actually made a full series of it. Um, it didn't have any sequels, and um, yeah, it didn't really take off like Virtua Tennis more or less did. And for me, Beach Spikers, it really is one of the most overtly summer games in Sega's catalog, which says a ton, really, uh, given all the blue skies and ocean sides imbuing much of, uh, of the company's work, especially in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. Aesthetically, uh, Beach Spikers really does drip with the, the sunny summer vibes um, and all the sandy beaches and palm trees and rampant outdoor advertising uh, that that entails. Um, the, the game itself really does boast all the charms of Sega summer vibes, um, particularly those immortalized by classics like OutRun 1 and 2, Daytona USA, Samba de Amigo, Sonic's Green Hill Zone, Crazy Taxi, uh, Emerald Coast from Sonic Adventure uh, kind of exuded that. Um, Jeffrey stages, certainly, in practically every Virtua Fighter game. And um, what else? Uh, Green Dog? <laughs> the beach surfer dude, maybe? Um, yeah. But anyway, this is AM2's first and only foray into a beach volleyball, as far as I know. Um, and it's not a particularly robust game. They added a couple of uh, multiplayer options. Um, there's a few training exercises and mini games, as well as the, the obligatory arcade mode. But functionally, you know, most of those uh, are kind of just diversions at best. Like there isn't a lot of meat on those bones, except um, where the true heart of the game lies is its world tour mode. In world tour mode, you progress your custom created uh, duo of characters through, uh, or players, players, characters, whatever. You, you custom create both of them. Uh, you play as one and one of them's your partner and you play together through eight tournaments over the course of a season. 
So I replayed through the game uh, after a long hiatus. I think it's been 20 years. Well, it hasn't even been out for 20 years, but um, at least 15 years since I've played this game. Um, but recently I decided to uh, get back into it. And um, yeah, the world tour mode, perhaps unsurprisingly, is where I spent pretty much all of my time. So kicking off the season, um, I first had to create a, my duo of players for my team. Um, and to this end, Beach Spikers really does offer a surprising breadth of uh, customization options. It uh, features dozens upon dozens of facial presets, hairstyles, uh, uniform designs, um, and whatnot that you can adorn your players with. And so being an AM2 developed title in Sega's classic uh, Virtua lineage, um, I guess, uh, technically, um, I figured it would only make sense to pay homage to a couple of uh, the characters from Virtua Fighter, which is, of course, uh, AM2's uh, most iconic series, maybe, depending on who you ask. Some some might say Shenmue. I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Virtua Fighter is a series that I'm uh, very fond of. Um, I also always kind of sucked at it, <laughs> but um, I've enjoyed pretty much every entry um, that I've played in the mainline series, at least. So uh, for my playthrough in the world tour of uh, Beach Spikers, I decided to play as Pai Chan, um, a Hong Kong martial arts film star whose uh, swift flowing combat style uh, has kind of made her one of my favorite characters in the modern Virtua Fighter titles. I don't know if I liked her as much in um, back in the you know uh, first and second game, but certainly uh, from four Evo onward, um, I've uh, she's definitely been one of my mains. And uh, her teammate or my teammate um, is uh, Sarah Bryant, um, who of course is the trash talking mixed martial artist who seeks revenge against the shady syndicate known as Judgment Six. Uh, after they brainwashed her into trying to murder her brother, Jackie. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So, as far as I know, neither Pi or Sarah are professional volleyball players, um, at least canonically. And so, I was expecting to hit some bumps along that learning curve. Um, I didn't think that they would uh, immediately gel as a, as a uh, master volleyball team after spending so much time trying to beat the shit out of each other in uh, fighting tournaments throughout the years. But then again, I thought, hey, it worked for the Dead or Alive girls, so surely Sarah and Pi, uh, they got this. And it probably also helps that they're playing in a less pervy volleyball game. So at this point in the article that I based this uh, recording on, I talked about all of the triumphs and tribulations and all of the drama uh, that unfolded during the season uh, that I played with Pi and Sarah. Uh, it doesn't quite translate very well uh, to, to this recording, so I'm going to go ahead and just not go play-by-play -play, uh, through all of that. Plus, there's a lot of uh, images and captions and random tangents about the various sponsors of the tournaments that, um, I don't know, I, maybe they're more uh, entertaining in written form, but it um, doesn't really work here. So uh, I will give some of my just overall thoughts on the world tour mode here. And at the beginning in those early tournaments, uh, your partner is essentially useless. Um, Sarah uh, had zero skills in every category so she couldn't really serve she couldn't hit 
or block or uh, her reaction times were incredibly slow. Uh, so it was a little frustrating, um, kind of entertaining because it forces you to be uh, a little creative in how you approach things given all of uh, your partner's deficiencies. Um, I ended up just hogging all the hits myself and trying to uh, play both defense and offense <laughs> for our team uh, with um, very mixed uh, success. And that's probably putting it charitably. <laughs> Where things get really interesting, though, is that as you progress, um, there's some light RPG elements of sorts that, that kind of kick in. And um, as you play each match and uh, through each tournament, um, you'll amass a certain number of skill points that you can then spend uh, to level up various attributes for your partner, or in my case, Sarah. Uh, and so while she was completely useless for the first tournament or two, um, I was able to focus uh, on leveling up her uh, like blocking and receiving and reaction times. Um, and so that effectively made her a more proficient defensive player. Um, so I could begin to trust her to, to receive more balls um, and to uh, just post up and block more shots that I didn't have to worry about trying to cover. And what was really fun about that is I found myself changing my play style uh, based on the proficiencies that I was building with Sarah. Uh, so for example, as she became a really skilled blocker, um, she was basically a machine in that aspect of the game. And so I, instead of trying to cover every shot that uh, came our way, I would just stand in the backcourt um, to try to uh, hit anything that got past her. But for the most part, she was able to return a lot of balls and score a lot of points um, just through her blocking skills once I uh, leveled those up. Yeah, and a lot of that just kind of leads to some very interesting dynamics um, that make the world tour mode a little more nuanced and complex than it otherwise would have been. Um, it leads to some interesting situations where you're yeah, evolving your play style and, and some of the opponents have different strengths and uh, you know, they have varying levels of difficulty as well. And all of that just kind of leads to some emergent storylines of sorts based on how the advantages and disadvantages kind of ebb and flow. Um, and I really did find myself building mental rivalries with uh, certain teams uh, just uh, through how everything played out and how everything evolved as the, uh, as the tournaments went along. So yeah, those are some of my general thoughts about my time with uh, replaying Beach Spikers today. I still really enjoy the game. Um, I think it's an unmistakably uh, Sega arcade-style experience um, with with its interpretation of volleyball as a sport. Um, it's easy to, to pick up and get into, um, and it does reward you for, for spending time with it um, and really getting into uh, some of the, the nuances. Um, however, I do not think I'd put it on the same level as like a Virtua Tennis um, or really any of Hitmaker's tennis series. Uh, I you know I think those games maybe exhibit a, a, a better balance of having um, deeper systems to explore and experiment with, and uh, you know there's a lot more variation in the degree of challenge that they offer in their respective world tour modes. Uh, and then also with all the mini games and uh, ways that you can upgrade your your players in in the later Virtua Tennis games, um, I don't think 
uh, Beach Spikers quite has that same depth. But nevertheless, when we're talking about games that exude that iconic Blue Skies, Sega Summer uh, spirit, it's really hard to go wrong with Beach Spikers. Um, There really is a a kind of a warmth and a comfort to it um, that absolutely scratches that itch. So yeah, uh, if you're looking for a game to play to help uh, accompany those summer vibes, or uh, maybe something that'll make it easier to pretend like it's summer, um, if you've got some shitty weather like I'm about to uh, coming up, uh, you could do a lot worse than Beach Spikers. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, thanks, Casey, for having me on and letting me ramble about Beach Spikers and... Uh, I guess the Olympics. If you want to check out some extended thoughts I have on this game on Beach Spikers, as I mentioned earlier, I have uh, written a bit more on my blog called uh, thevirtuaplanet.com. I'm also on the Saturn Junkyard's Titancast, and we recently did an episode all about a decathlete on that. Um, I'm also doing some stuff with the Dreamcast Junkyard. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we have a book slash game club. Um, I think they'll be posted on YouTube and I think it's, it'll be streamed. I actually have no idea where it'll be streamed Twitch or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking all about the Olympic video games, um, for that, uh, that appeared on the Dreamcast. Finally, I'm also on Twitter at Virtua Schlub. So you can find me there if you'd like. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Thanks for listening. And remember, Spike high, butterfly. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions Podcast.